Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Tuesday. I got the I got the day right this time. I, I, I'm not that uh, crazy flattened out like I was when I got home from Boston on the last show. Uh, then we had some computer issues, so we had to miss some shows. I've been trying to reschedule this show for, God, over a week now, I think, um, and thankfully we got it going. I still don't know why I got these black bars around the side of my video. Uh, I, I had got them like skinnier somehow, and then they got bigger again, and I don't know what's going on, if it's my camera or StreamYard or what. So if anybody's got any uh, good information about why that's happening to me, I would love for you to uh, message me and tell me. Uh, but guys, we've got a great show for you tonight, I promise you, but let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have TopLopsa.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great Ron Paul getting high on the Ideas of Liberty shirt that you're seeing me wear tonight uh, by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount, or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of the YouTube channel under all my videos by hitting the join link where you can get into the private Discord server with an awesome community of people, like just amazing people, uh, and get all of Top Lops's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. So really good discounts. Uh, if you're one of the smaller tier uh, patrons or something like that, $5 a month or whatever, and you're buying Top Lops's new gear, you're really getting it for free, man. You know what I mean? So good stuff. And of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, as soon as you guys are done with this uh, this show, go check out anthemplanning.com. If you own a business or you, your family owns a business or you know somebody who owns a business, I promise you they will find a way to help you and make everything right in your life. Uh, guys, oh, let's see. Uh, the Road to Providence. What's up, David Brady? Thanks for uh, checking in, man. Um, can't wait for Reno, man. I'm hyped to make you vice chair. Thanks, dude. Uh, I'm going to need all of the Meacocks uh, front and center for that. Uh, if you guys don't know, um, my old board has chosen somebody else uh, to run for vice chair that I don't believe represents the Mises Caucus. I don't uh, believe that they represent the rank and file members of the caucus that have been around for many, many years, uh, myself included. And uh, it's not that I have any personal issues with this person. It's all uh, as far as representation goes, I don't think. That's the person we want to put up. So I'm running, and uh, if you want to support me, I'd love for anybody who's a Mises Caucus state organizer to hit me up. I'll do a Zoom call with your uh, state members, and we'll talk about why you guys should vote for me uh, in Reno. I think it'll be a good idea. But, guys, show tonight is going to be great. Uh, I've been following this guy for a while. He's savage when it comes to the Assange stuff. He's got a great show called Sl Slow News Day. He is Steve Poinkinen. I think I said that right, and you're you're muted. You yeah. did, and thank you. And it's it's wonderful to be here. I'm glad we could get together and do this. Man. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sorry about the hiccups with uh, with your box. Hey, man, you know, shit happens, and uh, it, it sucks because I, I do like doing the show five nights a week. Like, it's really it's, – it's actually fun for me doing the show five nights a week. But we just – you know, between – we went to Disney World for eight days, and then we came home, and then uh, we had some stuff going on in the house, and then we got sick, and then I went to Boston, and then the computer issues, and it's like, fuck, man, it never stops. I want to get back to doing five shows a week. If yeah, I I do five shows a week right now. If I could, I would do like three hours in the morning and then <laughs> nothing else. You know, I'd just go and do whatever the hell I want to do. Absolutely, well, have well, the resources for that working on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I keep. That's what I keep telling my listeners, man. It, you know, if you guys uh, you sign up for the you sign up for the Patreon and all that shit, uh, and this becomes my full time job, I'm gonna be doing man on the street shit in the afternoons. I'm gonna be doing news in the morning. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a whole fucking day long channel. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get there eventually, man. I really do uh, hope so. But let's talk about you, dude. Uh, we talked a little bit before the show. Of course, we're gonna get into the stuff about your show. We're gonna talk about about Assange. But I want to know about you personally, man. How'd you come to these ideas of liberty and this this great anarchist thought? So I I gotta I. I grew up in Indiana. Um, I'm 43 years old. Uh, so I grew up a kid in the 80s, a teenager in the 90s. And I was very, very fortunate to have uh, some older friends in my life. And we had real hip hop and real yeah. punk rock and real LSD. <laughs> and uh, I had uh, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Uh, the book Behold a Pale Horse by uh, by Bill Cooper came out in 1992. I think I was handed a copy of it in like late 1993. Um, so like 15 years old and black pill, basically. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, I did. I traveled for like most of my late teens throughout my 20s. Um, so I'm just, you know, the I, I have I have seen 
nearly, <clears throat> nearly every conceivable way to live, at least in this country and in a handful of others. And I've experienced a number of different uh, outcomes based on those different circumstances from the state and from the government. Uh, so what I, I concluded fairly early on uh, <clears throat> was that uh, the one consistent in politics is if a politician is talking, they are lying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, that um, really, because anarchy is a relationship, and it's not like a locality or a, a really an ism uh, relationship. Um, and that relationship is simply, you know, you have no authority over me. I have no authority over you. And at no point, either of us are going to use a, a monopoly on violence to assert authority over each other. Well, hopefully we can, you know, either work our stuff out or go away and not. It, it seems to be a, a more logical, humane way of existing. So I've tried to put forth those ideas sure absolutely man i agree with you i i think uh we probably have some a little differences when it comes to coming to the thought but i'm sure we we agree on most things but i you know i i found ron paul after getting out of the military and he just fucked me all up man i mean i was like look i i was like man these wars are pretty fucked up dude like i don't like this this war stuff you know and then i found ron paul and he's like he's like whoa back this and you you guys are doing this and you're a bunch of evil people and i'm like holy shit dude this guy is perfect you know what i mean and so if you're you know I, i i consider myself an anarchist obviously i work in the the political game as well i use it as a tool unfortunately i get called a not a real anarchist quite a bit but that's okay i'm okay with that you know what i mean uh but so so let's talk about the show dude you got you got this show slow news day you're doing as much time as you can five days a week man i, I checked out some episodes recently it's great dude I, i'm a big fan of the uh the talk about political prisoners specifically especially the assange case um but why'd you start the show what's the show mean to you brother so um there there's in my opinion in the independent media space writ large you uh, especially the, the massive platforms largely what you get out of these channels is a react channel instead of news sure. and what they do is they take a, a mainstream clip and they wag their finger at it and they tell you what you know they think their audience is, wants to hear about it and that's essentially supposed to pass as news for like millions and millions and millions of people. And uh, so there's a super wide lane for anyone who wants to approach journalism from a space of like, I suppose, activism. If you're going to be a, a free speech enthusiast or a free press enthusiast, you, you know, it's basically doing activist journalism that that your job should be making the people who don't want to be household names, household names. Right. That That's what, you know, real, real information via this medium should be doing. If that's if you're coming at it from uh, a, any kind of a geopolitical or national security lens. And that's what we do. And then I have people on the show who are smarter than me and I ask them questions and, and we have a conversation about things. And it's not like a typical, you know, interview format they where I've got a list of questions and I don't ask follow ups and shit like that. It, um, uh, it, it's it's actually it's a lot of fun. And yeah, you, I think you get way more out of people. I think my my entire um, show is having people on that are smarter than me. I mean, that's literally what I do. You know what I mean? Like if it wasn't for them, I'd just be staring at the camera going, hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, let's talk about my sponsors. And then that would be it. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I enjoy I enjoy I did do a, uh, an ask me anything show recently where I let the, the my viewers kind of ask me some questions and shit. That was a lot of fun, man. I enjoyed that. I got to start doing those more often for sure. But l- let's talk about Assange, dude. Uh, so it, it was recently released that, that Assange had a stroke uh, before. And and I think a lot of people are are kind of getting it twisted, thinking that he just had this stroke like recently, like right, right. before his extradition or whatever. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about this? You've been you've been really paying attention to all this shit, man. I mean, w- what's going on with the stroke stuff? So uh, before his October 27th court date, uh, Julian Assange suffered a stroke. Um, there, the only change in his day-to-day routine per his family uh, and per the Belmarsh physicians 
the only change in his day-to-day routine or medically is that under uh, objection, he was given one of the mRNA gene therapy. I fucking knew it. Uh, and then immediate, and this is, his father has confirmed this in an interview with a, a French outlet. Um, the interview came out in November, but the reason for administering the shot was because he was scheduled to be in person in court. Um, and so, um, suffered a stroke. Um, it, again, it just, just before October 27th, we felt like public found out about it. Um, immediately after the the u.s went ahead and and granted the extradition process uh on november 3rd 4th something like that it's it's it's, it's crazy so there's a lot of speculation about the about this mrna vaccine and that he was given it you know forcefully given this injection and you know maybe that had something to do with him having the stroke and this and that because he's not very old i mean i mean assange isn't like He's not he's really, 50. yeah, he's not really, he's not really like, unless you have really bad habits, he's not really stroke age, dude. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. no. And, and I I can say with confidence, um, because I, I've developed, uh, I've like phone relationship, but relationship with, uh, with his father and half brother, Gabriel, because I got to meet and spend couple of weeks with them over the summer when they were in country doing a home run for Julian tour where two Australians were hanging out in the U.S. explaining how the First Amendment worked to people because apparently a number of them had forgotten about it. Um, and, and this is something that we've talked about privately. It, it's because it's out in public, I, you know, a little bit more comfortable talking about it. Boy, I was heated for oh, a month dude, and a half. I know. You were telling me, you were like, you know, it's probably good that your computer's been shitty on you because uh, I'm fucking <laughs> fired up, dude. I'm mad. And I get it, dude. I, I, anybody that's, look, I've had some people on my show that have had wild theories about Assange and, you know, even if even if if Assange wasn't a, a honeypot, they the government would need someone like Assange to honeypot. But I, I think you know, as as Assange, has, has anybody ever fact checked Assange and and said anything that he's ever put out wasn't truth ever? They they remain the only outlet to maintain a one hundred percent accuracy rating when it comes to publishing material of that nature. That they've been in court since jump man i mean they've got legal teams in every basically every country you know or at least every continent and it's uh, a constant battle where throughout wikileaks entire existence you know they've gone to court because somebody's like oh we can bury them on this no huh no you can't because it, it's it's true and and that's actual and I, truth yeah. you know i've i've obviously been a fan of WikiLeaks for a long time. I've been checking out WikiLeaks uh, and WikiLeaks. So, so surprisingly enough, as somebody who works on the Libertarian Party, right? Uh, WikiLeaks, uh, they produced this list of people that they considered to be high level assets from, um, uh, was it Straffer? You remember that? Do you remember when they released that? And, uh, yeah. and on that list, one of the names was Nicholas Sarwark, who happened to be the chairman of the Libertarian Party uh, National Committee. And, uh, you know, when that came out, he explained it away as, as, uh, you know, well, my, my brother-in-law got me a subscription to their magazine for a year and that's why my address and name were on there. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking back and I'm like, dude, WikiLeaks released this saying this was a, they know for a fact that this was a list of high level operatives working for this contractor who, you know, are either, uh, probably either they work directly for them or they're, uh, compromised in some, some fashion. And, uh, and he explained it away and everyone's just like, Oh, and for a long time, dude, I was like, okay, well, you know, we don't have any other proof. So I get it. You know, then I fucking got elected to that board, dude. I became an at large representative for the board and I worked for, with that man for two years. And I can tell you, with almost, I'd probably say 95% certainty that this man is is an operative of some sort or he is compromised, his family is compromised, something. I mean, nobody would join a party. First of all, John Brennan went on national television and and said that all libertarians are domestic terrorists, okay? That includes, yeah. our, that includes this party, right? We're libertarians. 
Nobody's going to join that party and put out the blue pilled bullshit that he's been putting out, had been putting out for a long time, uh, and and not be some kind of chaos agent trying to you know fool the public into thinking this was something else. And and then I saw so I started looking at his track record of where it came from. He started with the party in Maryland. Hmm, seems a little sketch. Became the vice chair of Maryland. Uh, moved to Colorado, became the chair of Colorado, moved to Arizona, and became the the chairman of the National Committee, dude. This is crazy. No, that's fascinating because that's the exact same route. I just tweeted this this interview out earlier today randomly that the Green Party went when they went and like completely rigged their primary and screwed over their entire base and like made all those hippies fucking, you know, weep for a little bit. And now it's like three people that run the entire party and they've got a magazine or at least one of them has a magazine and a foundation and a nonprofit and it all has fucking open society or national endowment for democracy funding and like i mean it's wild dude the the soros money contingent completely captured the green party i have a buddy who like activist out of baltimore and he was like fuck it i'll run you know try and run as a green and he tried to go through that process and oh man, he just got stamped out. And I wouldn't, I like, I would have supported him because he's a friend. Instead, I ended up being a delegate for Adam Kokesh because yeah. also a friend. But I, you know, I, I will occasionally register for a party if a personal friend of mine is running for president and they ask me to, you know, sure. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. And I'm a friend, I'm a friend of Adam Kokesh personally as well. I actually, uh, uh, Love that. yeah, it's I wrote, I, for yeah, twenty in twenty when I was running for chairman against Nick Sarwark in twenty eighteen, I was on Adam's bus for two weeks. Uh, we went all over the fucking what from like uh, Ohio to West Virginia to North Carolina to uh, we he yeah he took me he took me to uh, this thing called Elf Fest in like rural Indiana out in the fucking yes, yeah fucking out. Yeah, dude, it was nuts. And we ate like mushroom chocolates and hung out with a bunch of fucking commie hippies that were naked. And it was wild, dude. And then we went to uh, the Omaha Roads to Freedom Convention in, in Illinois, I think, as well. So we, I mean, we fucking drove all over the place. And, and you know, Adam gets, Adam's got a lot of people who dislike Adam, right? There's a lot of people. I out know. There. Yeah. But Adam, no. like, if you know Adam on a human level I and like, and that. have hung out with Adam in person, he's a nice guy. Now, I get it that he's, he's done some, things that people are mad about here and there and i get it he, you know but i did have fun with adam and he seemed like a really cool guy he was always really nice to me Yo, dude, all of the shit that people are mad at adam for happened two presidents ago and adam has gone through like entire fucking worlds of yeah, he's like know, he's girls. like a different person these days dude like I for mean, sure he, dude when i so um I didn't know him, but I knew of him, ran into him a few times, like 10, you know, back in the Occupy days, Winter Soldiers, shit like that. Oh, sure. Um, and and, uh, and then I, I think he was doing something with Cynthia McKinney. Um, oh, I remember when he was I, doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so, and then when I started doing Assange activism, I was, I used to uh, co-host uh, the free Assange vigil there for a couple of years. Um, and, and Adam was on pretty regularly and we connected again and just, I, you know, I, I do, man, I got, I got nothing but love for the guy. He's been through hell. He's fucking grown a fuck ton. And like, it, it, if you, if you would want any courtesy from any human being, like you, it's hard to argue around his politics or his ideas. So you kind of have to attack his character and that's disingenuous as shit, dude. Like, I mean, the, you know, the guy's got his fucking arm broken trying to fucking defend his, you know, defend your principles, defend your ability to do this. Shit. Sure. And and I'll tell you, I, I, I don't talk a lot. I have talked about it on the show before, but, uh, you know, Ron Paul was the, the re, really the reason I got involved in politics and the reason why, I, you know, I did I did what I did and eventually became what I became. But uh, Adam Kokesh videos were what made me, you know, really fucking hyped up about being an activist. I mean, watching him dance at the Jefferson Memorial, man, that was a big that was a big fucking deal to me dude you know what i mean back then that was a long time ago too i mean we're talking more than a decade ago now i think yeah and and i mean look you that there's really isn't i mean maybe you could look at like like what they tried to do with obama or like what they tried to do with bernie sanders and to a degree a bunch of those idiots like fell for it but it didn't give didn't give them any foundation you know, and I feel like everybody that's come through the Ron Paul revolution came out of it with like a little bit more of a, a framework for 
how to survive being a human and how to move like individually among a group in society whereas the the larger left movements were so dependent on I with fairy dust that like nothing ever fucking you know sure. th- you can't you can't build a foundation if like the concrete that you're using is actually sawdust it doesn't work it does it it's right. not not how that shit works yeah it was it was weird for me because I have a really good friend named Patrick Smith uh, I'm sure he, if you're familiar disenthrall and he did does a lot of stuff with anarcho Polico and they are at big time odds and so that was it was it's always been strange to me you know what i mean because i love them both i've stayed at patrick smith's house and i met his children and and he's a fucking wonderful human too um and i know he doesn't get along with a bunch of my other friends like pete quinones and dave smith and these people and so it's it's a fucking it's a weird place for me to be in dude it's like i like all you guys just leave me alone (laughs) i mean there's only only lately and only in very certain settings have i ever witnessed that many egos getting along sure you know so it's gonna have i mean yeah. and, and the, the lps were a, a very specific type of ego gravitates towards you know so like they're you're gonna butt heads that's gonna happen people are gonna have different ideas if what you want out of that is more americans understanding libertarian principles you usually put that shit aside sometimes right. people are incapable sometimes people can't grow the fuck up sometimes just people aren't gonna fucking mesh yeah and, it, and it's gonna happen especially you know in a movement that everyone's pushing for liberty and everyone's got a different fucking idea about what liberty is and what their own personal life should look like and and so i get it dude i mean it, it's you know for me it's like i just want my kids and i to fucking have a couple acres of land and homeschool and fucking grow tomatoes and pot and everyone leave us alone like that's the that's all i want you know what i mean but i can't get there if i'm not fighting this this you know horrendous uh, overreaching government i mean i'm never gonna get there and so you know that's that's where i've been at well what's up magnus thanks for thanks for hopping in he said you're the legend bro magnus yeah. hey, hey uh shout, shout out to jackman radio uh what's up buddy you, if you're familiar with eric jackman he dropped five dollars yeah he dropped a five dollar super chat rock and roll boys merry christmas keep up the great work much love from new hampshire much love to new hampshire i visited there recently man i fucking love that place dude it's great i think uh i think next year i'm gonna try and get out for pork fest and then uh my friend mark steves who uh, does the booking for Sam Tripoli and has a great show called My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. It's a great name for a podcast. Yeah, that is a good uh, one. That's way that's think- way better than the thing about boners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I saw someone say that they should they wanted to name their podcast the thing about boners, and now I just can't I can't ever forget that. I think that's the best podcast. You, never, you, Bell's never getting on the run. But uh, I think he's doing. He's thinking about doing like a, a truth community, conspiracy community festival, like the weekend after Porkfest. Nice, like same location and everything. So, well, I will be at fucking Porkfest this year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I'll be there. I missed this last year, unfortunately. You know, I got seven kids. Everyone drink. I know they play a drinking game. When I mentioned my seven kids, everybody in the chat drinks. Uh, but I, uh, I had seven kids, so I couldn't. I couldn't like just get away for for that that little amount of time um for so i had a bunch of other shit i had to do and so i couldn't go and uh i will not be missing it this next year there's no fucking way dude it's one of the coolest things in the country probably in my opinion i, I mean know. it looks like it yeah yeah, yeah it really is I, I haven't been able to make it out to i've been i've been in fucking california for 16 years yeah. like it's you know they get i travel for activism i travel for the assange stuff or I got to go speak at something, but like, really it's, you know, I have children. It is living in California. That shit is not cheap. What part of the, what part of, I'm from California. I just moved to uh, to Iowa two years ago. What part are you from? So I spent 15 years in the Santa Cruz mountains. Oh shit. And now, now I'm in central California for a little bit, trying to figure out like the easiest way to escape. Yeah. uh, Santa Cruz is like one of my favorite cities in the country. It's, it's, it's kind of hidden away. I mean, people know about Santa Cruz, but it's still, it, it like doesn't feel super touristy every time you go there. You know what I mean? Can I, can I, can I tell you something? Yeah, sure. Don't, don't ever go back. Just hold <laughs> on to that. Just hold on. Has to it gotten that. real keep bad? It, Has it gotten rough? Keep it pure in your heart, yeah. my friend. Don't, don't go. Don't I used go. to love it, dude. I used to fucking love it. Oh but I, God. I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm from I'm from right outside of Oakland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been there no, quite I a mean, bit. With Northeast, which Bay? I'm from the East Bay. 
I'm from Antioch. Okay. From Antioch. Uh, I grew up in Antioch. I lived in Oakland for a long time too. I lived in Santa Rosa for a while in the North Bay as well. I've all over the Bay, but I am from I am from the Bay. I mean, born and raised. I was born in Antioch, California, man. Right on. Yeah. Right on. No, no, no. I, yeah, I know it. I do. I, uh, you're stoked you're in Iowa. That's, yeah. that's all I got. It's I fucking it's, cold, dude. It's cold, bro. It is. But it is. I grew it. up in Indiana. Oh, you I, know. I grew up I grew up in central Indiana. Uh, the town I grew up in, Chris Hedges writes about in his book, America, the farewell tour is an example of what happens to GM towns in the Midwest. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, great, great place to grow. Now it's like, I mean, it was but until NAFTA. Um, but, you know, now it's like churches are a racetrack and Nestle plant and meth labs. And like, that's the whole thing yeah i'm happy to, i'm happy to be in iowa man it's it's fucking cold but you know that if you've ever watched the tv show portlandia i'm sure a lot of people here know about it and they talk about the dream of the, the 90s being alive you know in in portland i moved to portland in 2012 i lived there for seven years um that the dream of the 90s died in those seven years while i was there it's not like that anymore it's just like fucking california it's super expensive and you got to deal with 280 days of the, uh, of the year rain right so I moved to Iowa, and I'll tell you, the dream of the '90s is still fucking alive in Iowa. You could buy four acres and a and a five bedroom house for under three hundred thousand dollars here. It's insane, dude. <laughs> yeah. But you got to snow yeah. blow your driveway, dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm looking a little bit further south. I'm looking a little bit more mountainous because it's just like where I I feel more at home. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, there's still places you can pick up. Uh, Tennessee, a couple of places in Kentucky. Hey, there's super cheap land in Kentucky, right? Oh now. yeah, dude, Kentucky. Yeah, no shit, fucking a. We got a we got a tornado warning for tomorrow for the kids. All the kids are getting out of school at two o'clock in the afternoon. I guess we got severe weather, and but we're in Iowa, dude. I mean, people in Iowa are just like, yeah, we get tornadoes, whatever. It's fucking. <laughs> I'm just like out of from California. I'm like, what do you mean? It's just like we get tornadoes. Yeah, it's just we get tornadoes. Yeah. It's normal. I'm like, well, what and then, the fuck? You know, in California, people are like, yeah, we just get earthquakes. And yeah, you're exactly. Like, what the fuck do you mean? The ground is breaking apart underneath. You're like, you. nah, that's normal. It's fucking normal. normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you were here in '89, you'd know. No, I. It's funny because I, uh, I, I try to explain earthquakes to people out here, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude, your computer chair will just roll across the room, and you're just like, yeah, whatever, another earthquake. You're just used to it. It just happens. You know what I mean? It's not scary until something like Loma Prieta hits and then you're fucked. You know what I mean? That's scary yeah. shit. But that's a whole my, different uh, kind of earthquake. My ex-wife grew up what she was nine years old when the earthquake happened. And she grew up like basically on Loma Prieta. Fuck, she dude. was on San Jose, Soquel, like right on the other side of 17. And uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was scary. I remember I was... I was six, so when it happened, and I and I was in the East Bay, and uh, I remember, I mean, you know, the East Bay, Antioch wasn't super. It's not close. I mean, it's about an hour away from Loma Prieta, and it shook half the water out of the in-ground pool in our backyard at the babysitter's it house. Took out mean, the Bay Bridge. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. And my mom had just gotten off the Bay Bridge. That shit happened. Yeah, yeah. And she said she didn't even realize there was an earthquake going on because she was behind a like a semi truck. And so she just thought it was, you know, the semi and she's driving on the freeway. Yeah, that shit, the, the freeway caught fire. There's fires fucking everywhere. Bay Bridge dropped. Buildings dropped. I mean, it was, it was scary shit, dude. Loma Prieta was, was a scary earthquake. And I, I don't, they haven't had anything in California that bad since, but it's, it's, it's destined for another. Yeah. So, good luck. Yeah. Godspeed. Right. Hey, look, man, <laughs> I got a, I, I got a two year plan max. I'm hoping to accelerate it. Yeah. Everybody's getting the fuck out of California, dude. I mean, it, you can't, you, it's unlivable, dude. It really is. It really is. Like, there's a couple of counties that have been holding out. The county that my my kids live in was like the one that was openly defying the Newsom school mask mandate, True. and um, you know, there it was. But I mean, it's still, you're still paying California prices for everything. We're hitting hyperinflation here right now. Yeah, apparently, they, and like, they've been hitting it. I mean, it's been it's been happening for months. It's not that's not new. I mean, when I left California, I, can't, I, was, I, was, I was, six bucks a gallon. For oh, like, dude regular milk yeah it's insane i was telling people that when i left i left two years ago right i actually left i left out of sfo five minutes before they started the 24-hour lockdown in, in san francisco bro i mean literally in march last year gone i was out uh, with suitcase one suitcase and uh and uh i was trying to tell people i was like motherfuckers are renting bedrooms out there for like 1600 bucks a month renting bedrooms dude yeah it's yeah, yeah. insane no, in Boulder 
in Boulder Creek, the, the, you know, Santa Cruz County where I lived, uh, after 2010, it, it be, started to become unlivable. But when I moved out of there for a like two bedroom with a little extra half room that wasn't really a bedroom that we called bedroom anyway, uh, you know, we were paying two grand and we were getting away cheap, cheap. The average two bedroom rental in Santa Cruz County was $2,800 a month. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before a, that's before gas to go to fucking put in your truck to go to work. Like, the sales tax, the property tax. Fucking, I mean, it's it's. You get taxed a minimum of 50% of everything that you, you fucking make in California on top of the insane prices to live there, to shop there, uh, to anything. I mean, it's, it's insane, dude. You, it's almost unlivable, man. I was making, I was making a pretty good living. I mean, $80,000 a year and it, and it was scraping by, dude. Now I'm mm-hmm. in, now I'm in Iowa. I make $2 an hour more than when I did in California and I, and I, and I'm a sole provider for nine people. <laughs> it's insane, dude insane yeah no it's really like that it's really like that when people talk about how there's multiple different americas they haven't even factored in that part insane dude hey so you do you have any updates on the adam kokesh stuff i was following it online i mean he got he got uh bailed out they got the dogs all that good stuff yeah as far as as far as i know like the only thing they have to deal with now is whatever whenever he has to go back to court Sure. What was the, I mean, what was the, I was looking at the charge. It was, did they get them from fucking mushrooms really in Colorado? They got, so they're going to try to, they're going to try to get them for possession and possession with intent to distribute, but I don't think that's going to land. Adam doesn't and sell I, mushrooms. He's not a mushroom dealer. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. He, he will give them away though. Oh, he sure. Will. Yeah. Me and him eat some these like, like handmade mushroom chocolates. Fuck dude. It's crazy. It was a good time though. I had a fun time. Him and it was him and Marcus. If you're familiar with Marcus, and uh, Marcus is the one that lives in Indiana, and he's the one that got us to Elf Fest. And man, I'll, I'll never forget that time. They had a big bonfire and this like Thunderdome shit. It was wild, dude. Wild shit. Way back, like mid '90s, I threw a couple of music festivals in Indiana with a few knuckleheads, dude. And it was great. We had like leftover salmon come through there, and Fuck like yes, I mean, dude, yeah, you know, bunch of bunch of. Uh, alleged recreational pharmacist with oh, sure. a whole lot of cash that wasn't you know gonna get spent any other way to fuck it throw a music festival yeah why not dude why not man uh so so what's going on with uh assange man let's get let's get back on track here we had a good talk yeah. about how shitty it is to live in california but what's going on with Assange? what's next for for julian so his legal team has uh till i think the 23rd to file an appeal um the just what the 10th which ironically was human rights day uh they they a high court this the highest judge in england and wales a guy named uh ian burnett ruled against a lower court decision to not extradite julian assange so uh this judge did rule in favor to with like no legal backing whatsoever quite literally on the assurances of the u.s government that they swear they're not going to torture the guy once he gets here and put him in special administrative measures in a particular prison where they left themselves a bunch of escape clauses and a bunch of loopholes those are the assurances no legal designation for approving extradition mere assurances from the U.S. government, yeah, from the state, department. they have a good track record. Yeah, and so that's what uh, that's what the extradition request was granted on. Um, the appeal will fall on the desk of UK Home Secretary Priti Patel, who was instrumental in helping to arrange for Assange's expulsion from the embassy in the first place sure. illegally. By the way. Um, uh, and it may or may not go forward uh, if he does get sent to the U.S., which it looks like he may. According to Julian Assange, he will take his own life. Um, if they try to prevent him from doing that, he'll be in the Alexandria Detention Center, Alexandria, Virginia. Um, I have been there. Uh, I did a, a demonstration uh, for Chelsea Manning and Jeremy Hammond 
about like two weeks before the WikiLeaks grand jury got dropped in 2020, and they were both released from that facility. So that was pretty cool. Um, but that's where he would be in the assurances where they talk about not putting him in special administrative measures, which is fancy for torture and, and solid, like worse than solitary confinement. Uh, if you're at all, like, you want to horrify yourself. If you're listening to this right now, look up Joshua Schultz, vault seven whistleblower, alleged vault seven whistleblower and special administrative measures. And, and see what that guy goes through. He was at the same facility that Julian Assange would be um, Chelsea Manning two times tried to take her uh, own life at the facility that Julian Assange would be in. Um, so that's kind of what we're dealing with. And at no point in these assurances do they mention Alexandria Detention Center. It's all after the assumption of conviction in espionage court in the Eastern District of Virginia, which does have a 100% conviction, right? Because it's a kangaroo court. Of course, yeah. And well, most of, the fed most of the federal courts, I mean, the federal court is just a kangaroo court in general. Anyways, and we've seen that, you know, if, if you watch my early shows, I did a whole a whole segment about Ross um, and uh, and Ross. I mean, Ross was touted around the country as uh, uh, someone who tried to commit murder for hire, uh, you know, and and created this huge drug circle and ring and, and all this shit. And at the end of the day, you realize he's a fucking coder who dealt with crypto. And uh, they said all these things about him in the public so they could get him to, to try and plea. You know what I mean? And then they didn't even let his they didn't even let his lawyer uh, litigate the case. I mean, really at, at the end of the day, they kept, they barred him from really litigating the entire case and then just threw the, threw the key and threw the book at him. I mean, that's really, that's what they do in federal court. I don't know. I don't think people understand that the majority, I mean, probably 99% of the people that have to go to anything, any federal charges, plea, plea out. I mean, that's what they do. 100%. And are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. And Ross's double life plus what? 60? Yeah, it's, it's, it's double cool. double life plus 60 for, I mean, creating an e-commerce site, really, at the end of the day. Right. That's what he did. And, and Julian Assange would be 175 years. He's 50 years old currently. Right. And, and you know, facing 175 years. It, 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 real quick, it, in case anybody doesn't know, Julian Assange is being tried under the U.S. Espionage Act of 1917 under 17 separate counts. Um, the Espionage Act is for spies who give government secrets to the enemy. Right. Julian Assange is an Australian citizen, not a U.S. citizen, with a publication that's registered out of Iceland, not in the U.S. They were not hosted since 2012 uh, on U.S. servers or 2011 on U.S. servers, Amazon servers, uh, which has an international web client anyway. Um, but they're trying to to try him for giving government secrets to the enemy. He's a publisher that would make you and me the enemy. It'd make all of us the enemy. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So the U.S. government is effectively saying in this case, the public is the enemy. Julian Assange is a spy for printing, publishing, verifiably accurate information that exposed war crimes, waste, fraud, abuse, torture, and not just from the U.S. government, from multiple other world governments, from the corporations that facilitate and provide the armaments for further war crimes and perpetual endless empire expansion and that's the greatest sin you could possibly commit right in the empire it's holding a light to it sure and it's well it's funny to me because uh julian and wikileaks was releasing were releasing all kinds of information for a long time without any any kind of recourse really coming their way and it was all i mean yeah verifiably true uh war crime stuff like that 
But what what was it that really set the government off? I mean, I, I can't I can't pin I can't really pin it on. I, are they are they using specific examples during this trial? Well, there. So he is only on trial for what what we would think of as the Manning leaks, uh, the Afghan war logs, the war diaries, Afghan and Iraq war logs and war diaries, Cablegate, the Guantanamo Bay files. The, these are what he's being tried for, leaks that came out in, in 2010 and 2011. Absolutely nothing else that WikiLeaks has published is a part of this indictment. However, in 2015, um, five, I think five years okay. into a secret grand jury being impaneled to do exactly what's being done to Julian Assange right now, um, they they published all of the information on the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Oh. The only reason anybody knows what was in the TPP and what it really meant and what it was going to do to every single sovereign citizen on the planet is because of WikiLeaks. And I think that really, Pissing more off. so than Cablegate, more so than low-level diplomatic cables. That was just embarrassing. Right. That was, that's all that was. Embarrassing. It was enough for Hillary Clinton to be like, can't we drone strike the guy? But but publishing the TPP, then Hold the on. next year... Hold on. Let's be honest. Everything is is enough for, for Hillary Clinton to want to drone strike somebody. I just want to make that clear. Well, <laughs> she is kind of an evil, hateful, satanic yeah. wizard like a demon creature. I, yeah, but I mean, and, and I'm trying to be nice here, Josh. Yeah. That I was the moderate it, position, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want, want that to be perfect. I am a guest here. I don't want to offend. Um, but she, uh, so the, again, TPP 2015, uh, 2016 DNC leaks, Podesta emails, uh, 2017, like if that wasn't bad enough, he's he's now you know one hundred percent in the pocket uh, of both you know Jerry Lewis and the devil, and also Russia and Vladimir Putin and all this other shit. Sure. And, um, and in the most surveilled building on the planet, uh, a year into this RussiaGate hysteria, he publishes Vault Seven, right. which is the CIA's right. hacking tools, and he did that on Mike Pompeo's watch. Oh, Mike Pompeo ran mad. arguably the most criminal and paranoid CIA since anybody from the other than the Dulleses. Wow. Yeah, he was pissed. He was real mad for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, I, it's, it's wild to me, man. So, you know, I, like I said, I've read a lot of WikiLeaks stuff and, and it's always, I've always wondered what, there's gotta be one catalyst there that really pinned him down. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really does. The, the TPP stuff. I mean, that really, that's got to piss them off and burn them up real bad. It, it was their whole, like, that was the the globalist framework that was supposed to usher in UN Agenda 2021 and UN Agenda 2030, and they got pushed years off. And if it feels like the last couple of years have been really, really accelerated and really, really, really stepped up, it, it's because they got thrown off of their schedule six years ago. Yep, six and a half years ago, it, it had to kind of scramble to realign and got such a blessing in Donald Trump. The, the powers that be could not have asked for a better puppet than sure. Donald Trump. Sure. And, and, and I don't think people understand. Probably there's a lot of people, definitely people watch this show that don't understand what you're talking about. And I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like. I think that Trump did some good things like the like the he really black or uh, uh, red pilled some people on the media, which I think was great. But explain explain a little bit why why you think that he was a great puppet for these the powers that be. In, in, in my personal opinion, we don't get to where we are at the precipice of mandates at the, the precipice of the fourth industrial revolution without Donald Trump. Uh, that Beside the fact that he was a vaccine salesman and a real estate settlement broker for Benjamin Netanyahu in the apartheid state of Israel. He printed $22 trillion since August of 2019. Donald Trump and Steve Mnuchin printed two-thirds of all of the money that the U.S. has ever printed into existence. How could this be, Steve? How could this be? I was told that he was a conservative through and through, plain and simple. 
He is definitely not a New York liberal at all. The, I, the, the reason we're experiencing hyperinflation right now is because of this, John. You can't just, I mean, we, we all know that our money is fake and imaginary. Fiat currency is essentially built on the hopes and dreams of the people and also nuclear weapons. But it's, it, you can't put $20 trillion into existence, only give it to maybe 800 people in some federal institutions and expect anything other than a devalued currency with a bunch of entirely angry for justifiable reasons hold, people hold on steve i got two thousand dollars of that money okay i just want you to understand and now and now they're uh with this build back better plan buddy they've been giving me 750 a month because of how many kids i have for like six months but here's the kicker it's actually my it's actually my child tax credit right uh giving given to me over several months before the tax season and if they go over what I, they think i'm supposed to have they'll take it back from me at the end of the year yeah. And people yeah, yeah. are going fucking nuts about this shit, Steve. They're like, yeah, I'm getting all this free money from the government. I'm like, you dumb shit. That's your own fucking money. <laughs> we tried to tell them that. I don't know if you guys know. So I the Slow News Day is is part of the larger MCSE network. Sure. Uh, Nico House, uh, Convo Cuts. And, and they come from a way more left space. And so a lot of the times we end up having conversations about this exact thing. It, it's trying to explain it to, to people who just don't I'd like fundamentally pick up basic. It just blows my mind. Off. It blows my mind. Like, like, let me, you know, like, cool. I'm getting my own money sooner than I would at the end of the year, but uh, it's still my own fucking money, dude. Like I, that was my you money that I worked for. Yourself money and the government put points on it and you got to pay them. To front yourself your own money. Insane, dude. It's insane. And and people are rejoicing about this shit around the country. They're just like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm like, you fucking dumb motherfucker. Do you know how shitty that it's it's so bad, dude? Like, you know, obviously as a libertarian, I don't think they should be taking it from me anyways. But the fact that they're just giving it back to me and saying, hey, if we overpay you, we're, we're going to take more from you at the end of the year is just baffling to me baffling like cool that 750 is really helpful but you know i earned that money it was mine yeah 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 no i th look you're, you're not gonna get a pro tax argument from somebody who doesn't think the state should exist yeah. so and if you we're, do we're if, on this if you do get an argument uh in favor of taxes from somebody who's telling you they're anti-state they're full of fucking shit period holy shit I love those. Those are my favorite. And, it, you know, it sucks to say this because, I'm, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it typically is the left. You know, they're like, oh, we're we're anarchists, but man, Medicare for all and fucking, you know, we got to have taxes for this shit. I'm like, dude, you're not you're not an anarchist. I'm sorry. You're just not, you, I'm sure if you know how this works. Yeah, I, <laughs> you keep using that word. I don't think you know what that word means, man. I really don't. Well, their their foundational philosophy like all of this woke bullshit that we're living through now like a modern post marxist post modernist like you know at the ass end of the frankfurt school on into angela davis and bell hooks and kimberly crenshaw and all of that stuff it originates from uh, a german philosopher named herbert marcuse who became like a celebrity philosopher in the 60s and was angela davis's mentor and also worked for the oss oh jesus the original cia what i am saying josh is that the left's entire philosophy came off of a draft table pre-CIA, and that's why they don't know what they're talking about. They don't make any sense. They have no foundational structure to what they're doing because it's all fucking this Marcusean CIA self-destructive nonsense. Right. Well, and, 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 and at some point... And also Marxism, which, you know, is fucking insane. Right. Well, here's the thing. So, so at one point the left was the extreme and, and still to some extent they are the left, uh, anarchists or the, the greens or whatever you want to call them at, to some extent at one time were the, uh, most, oh man, how do I put this? They, they were definitely, they were the radical ideal ideologues, uh, in the world and they were the majority. And so 
I try to ex- I try to explain this to other people, you know, within the within the liberty movement specifically. Uh, as someone who sits on the Libertarian National Committee, I've talked to people who have been with the Libertarian Party since it was in you know its inception in 1971, right? For 50 years, um, and they'll tell you, like those people that are there, will tell you that you have no idea how many federal agents and and uh, people that were trying to uh, come in the party and take things over from other parties, you will meet. I mean, they. I had one guy tell me for every 20 libertarians in the libertarian party you meet, one of them is some kind of chaos agent. That's that's what they're there for. That's what they do. That's what the government has done for, for, for decades. I mean, if they see a movement that's catching hold, they come in, they infiltrate, and they try to move. You know, we've seen it with people like, Look, I had a buddy from North Carolina who got busted for trying to sell uh, uh, gun parts or 3D printed gun parts to uh, um, uh, uh, what they thought was Mossad or whatever, or not Mossad, uh, uh, fuck, one of the terrorist cells. And, oh, Hamas. Yeah, Hamas. That's what it was, not Mossad. Was, I don't know why yeah, I fucking no, said I that. You, I, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He, he's, a, he's a cool little gay kid, man, that actually owns a pair of shoes that I made. Uh, we, we won't, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far into it, but, uh, come to find out that they were working with these people who they thought were some other people that were actually just fucking federal agents. And that's the norm. I mean, that is the fucking norm. We're talking about, you know, uh, the, the, them try talking about kidnapping a governor in Michigan. And we find out that 90% of the people that were talking about it were federal fucking agents. This is the norm. This is the norm. And I'm not going to fed post here on the, on the show. Uh, but you know. Mm-hmm. These people are are human people that are here to infiltrate. This is the norm. And so to think that the left was never infiltrated uh, by these same people for years and years and years and then given, you know, given the younger generations this doctrine of, hey, this is how you need to operate. I mean, it really makes a lot of sense if you think about it. And then you, you, you get into the Frankfurt School, obviously, and stuff like Angela Davis, stuff like that. I mean, it really makes a lot of sense that, hey, maybe you guys have had a subverted movement for a long fucking time, dude. You know what I mean? Oh. Long time, and if you look through the left's own history of their uh, <clears throat> of their movements, and if you look at like the DSA, it's like at every step of the way, there's this huge purging of the feds that takes place, and that they try to get new people in, or they'll like jump to a new name, or oh, like yeah. or something like that, and, and then they'll get saturated with the feds again. And it'll just become this institutionalized limited hangout and either it succeeds as an institutionalized limited hangout like like the DSA has like the Green Party has the DSA is such a fucking mess. (laughs) Oh, my God. dude! It's like I mean, it's it it is like the most beautiful testament to self parody. And I just (laughs) so grateful for the Internet because otherwise I would never have known. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, oh, dude, it's those fly on the wall moments where you could just peer into that lunacy. Oh, man. I mean, it's like the good old mystery science theater days. It really is. Like, look, libertarian national conventions are not much better. They haven't been for many, many several and they're a fucking party. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. There's great times to be had. But, you know, when you got people running up to the mic talking about adopting Dobby, the house elf as the national mascot. And I mean, it's not, you know, and they're still, they still use Robert rules of order, which is just fucking stupid Uh, as, as somebody who works in national leadership and is very, 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 very uh, good at Robert's rules and has been learning the most, as much of it as I can for uh, the last five years. Uh, it's so dumb, dude. It's so stupid. It really sucks. Um, but yeah, man, it, you know, they infiltrate movements. That's what they do. That's how, that's how they operate. That's why they're, they move in secret, man. You know what I mean? And so uh, we, well, that takes me back to Nicholas real- Sarwark. Oh, <laughs> uh, you it real quick. The reason why they had to scrap a bunch of the, testimony against julian assange is because an infiltrator that the fbi sent in to disrupt wikileaks was a convicted known pedophile and embezzler and forger and went and recanted all of his testimony in an icelandic publication not over the summer it was like mid mid june late may um but yeah i mean that's another instance where it we'd know from the strat four releases we know from multiple wikileaks releases that they have sent an army of infiltrators all over that space and into the anonymous hacker space to the you know basically like the entire free speech and the obvious spillovers into the liberty movement uh, as well like this is all documented 
Well, and, and oh, yeah. you know, this is, this is, people are getting fucking wise, dude, right? People are getting really smart. They're starting to understand this shit. Uh, you see this, this, this movement for anarchy. Uh, and, and I think that a really good example of this is the Ross case, right? Ross started Silk Road. Um, you know, they were able to tie it back to him. They were able to track him down. And what happens when they arrest him and shut down the Silk Road? 40 fucking decentralized Silk Roads popped up. And there's no ties. You can't find these people because decentralization is becoming the norm in these spaces because that's what you've done. You've pushed these people into the black market like you always do, always fucking do. And and now they're knowing they're, now they're realizing how to do this without any ties to themselves, man. And it is it is fucking it's wild, dude. Wild to see what what happens. The government they all they do is push people further in the black market and 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 steal your money. I mean that's it. That's all. That's their whole. That's really their entire basis for everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a theft and violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of kind of what they're really good at. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the people used to talk about like twenty, thirty years ago as the wild west uh, of the internet, and I'm not entirely sure. That's like almost like a pre civilization. Sure. Like like when you get into the spaces where what people traditionally thought of as currency no longer exists where things like nation states or the rules that would govern them and your behavior in this community no longer exist then then i think you're truly in a, a wild west era you know especially since there's goddamn law hanging out all the time and the little the fucking like the atlantic council and their fucking the FBI gets to be the Pinkertons in this version of it, but like it's you know that's that's where they're at. Sure, but I do. I do feel like it's more wild westy now than back in the day, but I think that's also because we have better quality video, better quality sound. Like it doesn't. It didn't feel like the wild west on a dial up modem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. We're getting close to the end of this thing, but Will Will Hobson dropped a five dollars super chat, and I, I, this is something that I think we need to address. Uh, he says, "When Julia Julian lands stateside, we find out where they're keeping them and surround it with a million people." So, so there are things we can do. I mean, there really are, you know. And and I think that there's enough visibility on Julian Assange that we can really put some pressure on the government. I mean, this can really be a unifying because there are there's leftists. There's 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 mutualists, there's there's ANCAPs, there's all, all black flag anarchists, libertarians, Democrats, Republicans. There's people all over the political spectrum and philosoph- a philosophical spectrum that that don't think uh, Assange should be arrested. But I mean, what do you what do you think we should be doing, man? What do you think that we can do to help Assange? It's been I mean, I've done, you know, on the ground activism for this for a number of years now, and <clears throat> It's so hyper politicized right now and people are more divided than ever over the the jabs and the mandates and whatnot. Like I think that ultimately I'd I want to I want to like kind of crowdfund a a jury nullification experience in the Eastern District of Virginia. Well, by the way, it's gonna be uh, Alexandria, Virginia. I used to know the address off the top of my head for the detention center. I don't currently. Um but I have thrown events there. I had like, yeah, you can fit a lot of people that's under an, uh, an overpass and it has great concrete acoustics. We were there with like 80 whistles oh, shit. and blew out the eardrums of everyone in the vicinity. Um, so yes, that's absolutely doable. Um, I don't think there's a political solution to this. True. I don't, I think the, the pollution, the solution has to come from the, it's honestly going to take something freaking dumb like a a mandela scale protest sure. because there the rule of law is gone and the when people refer to this trial they talk about it in terms of kafka because that's how absurd it, it is the they they're charging an australian journalist and publisher with U.S. espionage acts under shit that's already protected by the First Amendment, set in writing. Okay, well, the First Amendment doesn't apply, but all of the rest of our laws do. We've got a rogue 
we we really got rogue intelligence agencies that are operating out of states and that's what's driving all of this the rule of law doesn't mean a damn thing here so we're sure. we're not we're not dealing with anything normal we're dealing with something other than and so you can't fight it with traditional means and it's something i've been trying to communicate to these hush people for three years yeah. they don't want to uh, by the way, the uh, the Alexandria uh, Dissension Facility, I think that you're talking about, is 2001 Mill Road, I believe. That's the one. Yeah. Our, uh, <laughs> the, the Libertarian National Committee's headquarters just happens to be in Alexandria, Virginia as well, so... We could do that. We could, we, could, we could organize something, man. We really... And we should. I'm for it. Yeah. I, I am. Because honestly, the, the American uh, Assange community is really... The, or at least the established one and the acceptable people are are all trying to do it the same way. Right. And they're trying to do it in ways that have had limited success in very specific cases. And I don't think we get to do that this time. Sure. Sure. Well, man, I think it's crazy. I think that, uh, you know, I think we really should stand up for Assange, you know, regardless of how you feel about him as a person or whatever kind of qualms people have. I think we should uh, stand up for 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 uh, truthful journalism. There's not much of that left in this country, man. And outside of these podcast circles and I mean, it's it's pretty much a dead, especially in the mainstream. It is just dead. It's a dead art. Uh, and we have somebody like Assange who who gave us the real news, man, who really put out honest journalism, uh, unbiased and and dropped facts, let you know what your government was doing to you. And uh, and we should be standing up for that, man. And, and so I hope I hope more people will. Uh, Steve, brother, I'm a fan. Uh, can you tell my 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 people that are watching the show uh, where they can follow you, find you, support you, listen to you, all those great things, sir? Yeah, if uh, if you just go to at Slow News Day Show on Twitter, it's got a link to our link tree, which has basically everything else. I encourage people to find the show on Rockfin or Odyssey because you get to see the full episodes there. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of content that I can't do on YouTube. There's whole interviews that I can't do on on YouTube. Um, so you get the the full breadth. In fact, I'm not. I think now only like three quarters of the interviews we've done with Whitney Webb are still on YouTube. Oh, geez. I try um, to get Whitney Webb on the show too. That'll be fun. That'll be a good one. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah no, she's fantastic. I love her. Um, I am uh, a frequent contributor on Union of the Unwanted, uh, which is every other Monday. Uh, the live stream is on Rockfin. The free stuff drops later in the week. Um, slownewsdayshow.com. Uh, and yeah man thank you very much yeah of course dude big fan i'll be i'll be definitely checking out your stuff anywhere i can uh definitely odyssey i i checked out my odyssey my, my odyssey was growing really slowly and i'm auto sync so all my episodes from here go over to odyssey uh and i went over there yesterday and realized i have 500 i have 500 subscribers on odyssey i was like all right dude thanks guys i appreciate it man we're doing all right but i would uh, eventually like to move all the way over to odyssey that would that would be my my ideal uh, show I I think you know I'm a big fan of Jeremy Kaufman from library I think Odyssey's doing great things um, I mean we're talking about a, a decentralized really a decentralized platform for your content that is uh is uh fighting for your free speech I mean legitimately library is fighting yeah. the federal government for your free speech with their dollars multiple, multiple lawsuits yeah the, the library they don't give a fuck no. dude Jeremy, they're like yeah let's do this no, have you met here, Jeremy have you met Jeremy Kaufman? No, I've been on some calls with him, but I haven't met him in person. One of my favorite people in the world. We went to a school board meeting in New Hampshire uh, a couple, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, you know everybody in the in the crowds holding up signs and they're unmasked and shit like that. And Kaufman's in the back going, "You people have addresses. We'll find out where you live." I mean, this is Kaufman does not give a fuck, dude, at all. He was he is an awesome dude. I, I heard somebody trying to call him a Fed the other day. He's like, "Nah, dude, nah, I'm not buying that one." Not buying that one. That's that's nope. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Well, brother, I'm a big fan, dude. If you could uh just give me about three minutes to close out this this uh this stream so we can get the, the members only stream going, I'd appreciate it. Hell yeah, no problem. Thank right. you. Yep.
All right, guys, another awesome episode of Breaks the Cycle. Steve's so cool. Go go check out Slow News Day show on Twitter. Uh, find that link tree. Uh, definitely pay attention to his stuff, man. He's giving you some really honest journalism and, and telling you the truth, man. And it's a very it's it's a lost art these days, man. So I, I think anybody who's telling you the truth, we need to support. We need to elevate those voices and and do what we can to ensure that that continues to to not die out, at least in our circles, if nowhere else, man. Uh, guys, coming up on the show tomorrow, I am reviving reviving uh, the Conspiracy Couch. Of course, I'll be joined by Dave Casey and my good friend Dan Smots, and we will be featuring Mr. Josh Denny, the most canceled comedian in the world. Uh, Conspiracy Couch tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun at 7.30 p.m. Friday, there's going to be no show Thursday. I think I'm doing a call with uh, with the Mises Caucus of Florida, which is those are my boys. I love the Florida guys, man. They've had my back for many, many years, so I'm excited to, to speak with the guys in Florida. Uh, but Friday, I will return with a small panel on the Culture War show. Uh, it's going to be myself, uh, my friend Clint from Liberty Lockdown. Uh, of course, Top Lobster will be on the show. Uh, Daniel Three from Biblical, Biblical Anarchy, who's also one of the executive producers of the show, will be on. And of course, Peter Quinones from Free Man Beyond the Wall. So that is going to be a really fun show Friday. So a couple good panel shows coming up for you guys. Hopefully, you'll uh, subscribe. Check me out. Join the Patreon. Do all that great stuff. Uh, become a supporter of my good friend, Top Lobster, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great uh, Ron Paul getting highs, high on the ideas of Liberty shirt uh, sweatshirt that I'm wearing today by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, and the, uh, the YouTube channel where you can get into the private Discord server and get all his new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. Really worth it, guys. Uh, I know the holidays are coming up, so go buy some stuff for your fan your family uh he's got great gear man some of the best uh in the whole entire movement man truly really and i'm not just saying that because he sponsors the show i have i don't know probably 25 30 shirts uh like at least 10 hoodies hats and they're all just super high quality great stuff man seriously and of course executive producers of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently seriously if you own a business go check them out right when the show's done unless you want to join the channel and come and hang out in the members only uh the members only chat right after this uh, with my friend Steve from from Slow Newsday, which is going to be fun. I'm sure we'll we'll get into the nitty gritty there. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Will Hobson, thanks for becoming a supporter of the show. I was pretty sure you were already a supporter of the show. Uh, maybe it was Patreon, but but welcome again and thank you. I appreciate you guys. I'll see you tomorrow for uh, the revival of the Conspiracy Couch. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame but i just spent it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just spent it in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it No product is, get you close to COVID Holy shit, I think 